Hi and welcome to the first lesson in module four, Oiling the Machine. I hope you've enjoyed the course so far. We've covered a huge amount. In module three, the powerful decision machine, we spent an awful lot of time looking at numbers. We were looking at budgets. We were looking at spreadsheets. We were looking at Excel formula and it was mind blowing. Now we move on. Why I'm calling this oiling the machine is this really module relates to the second phase within your business. You've established, you've launched, you've got a marketing plan, you've got a customer plan and you've got a numbers plan. Well, now it's time to start thinking about where do I go next? And in most cases, that's called scaling, growing, expanding your business. To do that, we need staff. We need bodies in our business. You are an entrepreneur. You are AKA Superman, but you can't do everything on your own. So in this module, we will look at the difference between being the boss or a buddy. As was one, a phrase which was used to, for many times as to whether you are the boss or are you gonna be the buddy of your staff? And many entrepreneurs start as a buddy, but really they should be a boss. Hi, my name is Colin Miles. You know who I am by now, aka The Numbers Guy. And we're going to look at three key areas in this particular lesson. <clears throat> Excuse me. Being the number one boss. We're going to look at the employer overview. Your, boss, your business is only as good as its people. So if you can't, you, so, excuse me. So if you can't run it all by yourself, then you need the right staff to help you. What's more, you need to keep them happy. Taking good care of your employees isn't just the law, it's essentially, it's essential if you want to build the best possible team to deliver your goals. We're also gonna look at staff appraisals and regular staff appraisals are important for every employer. As a business owner, you need to know that your people are working effectively and providing value for money. You must also check that they're happy in their roles and try to identify any problems. Appraisals function as a regular service or health check of your workforce to keep it working effectively. And then finally, we're going to look at payroll. And if, you're an employee, if you employ any staff or plan to do so, then you need to run a payroll. Many accounting firms can provide this vital function for you, but it's still important to have a good grasp of how the payroll, payroll works. It will be focused on the UK side um, because here at Miles Better Accounting and Business Services, most of our clients are based in the UK when it comes to payroll, but the conceptual points will be the same. So let's leap on in. Um, please feel free to download the ebook and follow along um, or the slides and make notes, whichever you feel more comfortable with. So an employer overview. So here's a summary of your main duties as an employer. You've got uh, how much should I pay my employees? We're going to look at do I need to contribute to my employee's pension and benefits? What happens if an employee is injured at work? And how can I attract and retain the best people? So how should I pay my employees? Well, first, make sure you're offering the right rates for the jobs that you need to fill. Do this by looking at a similar jobs on the market. You have a degree of flexibility here, but you do need to be up to date with the current national minimum wage and the living wage rates. 
Handling obviously of the payroll, you can either process this payroll in-house now using software, um, Xero, QuickBooks, uh, Sage, all have payroll options within their um, software, um, but it often it's better to outsource it to a payroll service or your accountant. Outsourcing payroll gives you more time to focus on your core business and can save money by avoiding fines and not overpaying employees. And if you outsource your payroll to a payroll service provider, then you need, obviously, the um, they'll tell HMRC or the IRS of any changes that occur within your business. Then we move on to, do I need to contribute to my employee's pension? Well, all employees with at least one member of staff in the United Kingdom are required by law to provide and contribute to a workplace pension for their employees. It's all about thinking for the future. Your employees can choose to opt out, but you have a duty to organise their automatic enrolment onto a workplace pension scheme. Um, obviously here again at Miles Better Accounting, if you'd like us to help you with your payroll setup, then we would love to be involved with your business as moving forward. Uh, and there are lots of checkers online that allow you to ensure that you're doing correctly. Then I mentioned about injuries. It's upfront early because it's an important part that you have a responsibility as an employer to have a safe working environment. And now that we're looking to scale and grow and bring on people, we need to start thinking about systems. We need to start thinking about the fact as soon as you become an employer, i.e. as soon as you hire your first member of staff, you need to have employers liability insurance. This covers the compensation you might need to pay if one of your employees becomes ill or injured as a result of the work they do. And you can face a fine um, in the UK of up to £2,500 per day that you're not insured. And in the uh, US, it was, it's even more. Your business insurance provider, which we talked about in the powerful decision machine as one of the expenses that we need to have in our business, should be authorised by any financial um, conduct authority and your policy ideally should cover for you for at least five million dollars or ten five million pounds, should I say, sorry, or ten million dollars. And a, a key financial advisor will help you get the best price and make sure your policy is appropriate for the business. And then as an employer, your sort of fourth and final thing to start thinking about in these early days is how can I attract and retain the best people? Well, aside from obviously meeting legal obligations, many employers choose to provide extra benefits to attract, to attract, motivate and reward their employees. Although you don't have to provide these extra perks, you may find that may help improve staff retention and boost productivity. And when we start looking at the numbers or when we were looking at the numbers and when we now start to roll on and add in additional staff, those costs need to be factored in because it's all very well being highly um, socially driven, wanting to give your staff lots of vacation time, lots of additional benefits, but they all have a cost to your business. From practical considerations such as flexi time, which we'll look at in a later module, to health insurance and other additional pension contributions, to some fun extras, perhaps as social events or trivial benefits or away days. There are many ways that you can add value. Many employee benefits, however, are taxable, so you need to be careful that we are reporting them to the tax authority correctly. And that's where your accountant or your CPA, the outsourcing of your payroll, can help you um, overcome those and understand what's necessary. 
So that gives us a little bit of an overview of what the employer things that we need to start thinking about. Are we going to pay the right amount, pensions, etc. Let's move on now to uh, staff motivation and the staff appraisal and more and awarding the gold star and hitting the button and keeping your staff actively involved. As I said, regular staff appraisals are important for every employer. As a business owner, you need to know that your people are working effectively and providing value for money. You must also check that they're happy in their roles and try to identify any problems. An appraisal function as a regular service or health check of your workforce is to keep it working effectively. And staff appraisals will help you focus on good behaviour and encourage that, allow you to address problems that are perhaps within the employee's performance, identify skill gaps and fix them, because working together, if they've got a better skill base, then they'll produce better results for you. And will also help get a clearer vision of your business because you have an opportunity for a sit down with them. So why do you need them? Well, a strong employee appraisal process helps staff to feel valued and gives them clear goals. By having an honest conversation about what it is and it isn't, what is and isn't going well, workers can get to see exactly how they can contribute to the ongoing growth of your business. Remember that an appraisal is a two-way process and should feel, shouldn't feel like a disciplinary. A staff appraisal process that is too formal or high-pressured may be counterproductive. So staff motivation. Why is staff motivation so important? Well, if, you, if we said that sales were the lifeblood of your business and cash was the engine oil of your um, business, then staff are your um, liquidity, are your living assets. Now, if you remember back to our um, balance sheet uh, and profit and loss discussions where we use the fun things that most people say that staff are our biggest asset. Well, we own assets. We don't own staff. In fact, we owe them money. So they're often a liability. But that's an aside because at the moment, motivated employees are willing to go the extra mile, the ABC, above and beyond the call of duty for both clients and for customers and ultimately for yourself as the business. They will feel a sense of ownership to the company and so will be more actively to improve and maintain your internal processes. Motivating your staff means setting goals, giving praise for good work and often constructive criticism if things aren't going to plan, hence the appraisal. Employees don't feel valued will quickly start to become less um, involved and will move on. On the other hand, motivated staff feel that they are listened to and can give their opinions on the business freely. They are the eyes and ears of the ground, as I say, your living assets. So you should treat their insight as a valuable resource. Motivated staff also tend to stay, which therefore helps reduce your staff turnover costs because recruitment is expensive and therefore has a real positive effect on your numbers. If they're motivated, they will sell more. If they stay longer, then you have less overheads and costs of the rotation. And staff don't always necessarily want more money that they want to, um, uh, as we're moving on, they can keeping them motivated. I'm getting ahead of myself here. There are four main ingredients of motivation, in my opinion. Uh, working towards some clear goals. People like to know where they're going. If we go all the way back to the first uh, module of cutting, of drafting the blueprint, if we don't have a plan and we don't know where we're going, any road will do. Well, that's the same with the staff. They like to know that they've got clear goals. They want to know that they're being rewarded for their goals. And that might be just in prestige. That might be with a specific project bonus. That may even be obviously with re increased remuneration. But increased remuneration doesn't always mean greater pay. 
uh, they might just want greater responsibility. Sim stimulating work with a regular sense of achievement is has a far greater weighting than people really think about. And an ongoing sense of purpose and development, that they can see where they're going, if they can see the business developing and that they're developing as well. Rewards may involve pay, but not necessarily or the only thing. Other kinds of rewards can be even more effective, such as team lunches or outing when targets are reached. These remind your people of the importance of working together. Um, and obviously the numbers and guy, me, the accountant, can set aside funds for these rewards and keep them included in the, uh, in the project, in, in the business, so that we are able to manage them accordingly. Stimulating work may be harder to offer in some cases, but appraisals will enable you to explore your options. It could mean, for example, that rotating some roles among your staff can provide a much needed sense of variety. Alternatively, you can look at the things your staff find tedious and find better ways to handle them. We're going to move on to the appraisal in a minute, but appraisals can help to identify the training needs, agree suitable development plans um, and in the all important senses of where they're going. And never underestimate that people, if they know where they're going, they'll often get there before you and will become your fan, will become identical, will support your business development. So although appraisals appear on paper to be part timely, um, it's worth doing. And with that, we'll move on to what is the staff appraisal process. Well, the aim for consistency with your appraisal process. Appraisal should happen at regular intervals and always follow the same format. You're not testing your employees and there shouldn't be any surprises. So in other words, if there's a corrective method, a correction needed within their role, then don't wait for the annual appraisal. This really should just be a summary of what they've achieved, an opportunity to sing the success, um, so setting goals um, is key for both the business and the employee. We want to be tracking progress and an appraisal should be a summing up of the regular conversations and catch up, catch up meetings that you've had with your employees throughout the year. Nothing in the appraisal should come as a big surprise, as I've already mentioned. A successful appraisal requires preparation from both parties. So a good place to start is to get the employee um, to fill out maybe a questionnaire on what the structure of the conversation and create a set of well-defined goals. Creating the dialogue, um, it should never feel as if the business is imposing goals on employee. If you get the engagement and the buy-in, the likelihood is that they will feel so much more involved. Um, so it's worth asking them because they'll have an opinion of where they want to be and what they want to do. Part of having a meaningful dialogue is accepting criticism from your employees as well. So it's a two-way street. So you want to listen because guess what? You're not perfect in a long way. Um, if they're not perfect, you're not perfect. And as you're in a growing, evolving business, they could have some great suggestions. And the last thing that you want is for the employee to feel that they have been personally insulted. Staff appraisals and motivation is a complex area of business management, so it's worth taking the time to get it right. And as we're on the numbers course, it's important that we have a budget um, within our staffing budget that allows us to do all of the things that I have mentioned. So as with everything in business, it comes back to the numbers. We need to think about how we're going to motivate our staff with perhaps outings, with trivial benefits, and they need to be included in the payroll or they need to be included in the um, budgeting expense process. Otherwise, they could eat up, in, eat up all of our profits, etc. 
That leads us nicely onto what is a payroll. We've talked about uh, the fact that we need to pay our staff. And if you're an employee, any staff, um, or plan to do so, then you need a payroll. Many accounting firms can provide this vital function for you, but it's still, as I said, important that you have a grasp of how the payroll works. Whether you run your payroll internally or outsource it, here's a simple breakdown of the key things that you need to know. So what is a payroll? Well, a payroll technically is a list of your employees and how much they earn. However, it can come to mean the actual process of managing your employees' pay. So the payroll costs will appear in your profit and loss. This means that the payroll process includes calculating each employee's wage and issuing them, managing bonuses and the benefits, calculating pay for time not worked, perhaps sickness, holiday, maternity leave, paying the, obviously the right employees tax and national insurance, uh, or social security if you're here in the United States, and managing all of the financial records of those things. Even for a small organisation, this can amount to a lot of work. Accuracy and dependability are also paramount, which is why many businesses outsource their payroll function to a specialist provider such as their accountant or bookkeeper. If you employ any staff, uh, then you need to run a payroll. This is also the case if you run in the UK a limited company and the only employee is the director, he still needs to get paid and that's how we will be paid through the payroll. So that's wages. Then you've got how do you set up your first payroll and then in this case, because it's UK specific, how do you register yourself for PAYE, which is pay as you earn scheme. To set up the, for your payroll, first register as an employer with HMRC, and that would be no different if you're here in the US. Um, you would also register with the IRS as an employer. Uh, the tax authority will then send you your PAYE reference or W-2 or your um, IN reference here in the US and your PAYE accounts office reference. Don't get them confused. In the UK, they'll have two references. One is the PAYE reference and one is the accounts office. But you need both of these numbers in order to file your payroll data to HMRC, which has to be done electronically and in real time. Now decide whether you, to want, whether you want to run your payroll in-house or outsource it. I'd highly recommend that you outsource it, to be honest, um, because it is so much easier. Um, but if you're using an integrated software system, um, then it will have that inside. But I would suggest that you talk with your accountant or bookkeeper to make sure that you've got it set up correctly, because if it starts off wrong, you've got the wrong dates, it won't talk to the pension, uh, workplace pension provider and you're in trouble. So if you choose to do it yourself and you need, you'll need to use approved software, tax authorities do provide their own software. There is a free version um, for which you can download, but most people would go with the package because the download uh, version from HMRC assumes you know what you're doing uh, because it's very, very straightforward. If you don't want to do it yourself, as I said, suggest you talk to your accountant who can provide you with the payroll services. So rates, pay, how much should I pay my people? Well, you must pay each employee at least the national living wage if they're age 25 or over. If they are younger, then you must pay them at least the national minimum wage, which varies depending on their age and whether they're an apprentice. Aside from that, wage levels really are up to you, but market forces will dictate what you need to pay because if you're in a highly competitive market and there's somebody doing exactly the same job down the road, you better know how much they're paying because in the um, people will move for as little as 50 pence an hour extra because it all makes a difference. 
You may want to offer higher salaries to posts you consider essentially vital so as to attract the best people. We talked about that with the benefits and the motivation, etc. However, remember that an attractive benefits package and or pension scheme can, ju can be just as an effective recruitment tool as additionally more cash. You only pay a director, so you, your own pay as a director is slightly different as it's not subject to any minimum wage requirements and most directors opt to save on income tax by paying themselves only their personal allowance for each tax year and taking the rest of the income in dividends from company profits. Uh, this can reduce your overall tax bill, but there are potential pitfalls, so you do need to talk to your accountant, such as us here, uh, Colin, aka the numbers guy, uh, because we obviously personally manage your tax affairs if you work with us. And then we've got pensions and other um, elements. You're required to offer all eligible employees, as I mentioned, a workplace pension. And you must also, you may also offer them additional benefits such as flexible holiday, childcare, etc., etc. And sometimes these benefits will be taxable, um, so they can be processed through the payroll, or they need to be reported at the end of the year to HMRC. So it's important again that you work with your accountant and your bookkeeper because you can see it's getting more complex. There's also the ability to have salary sacrifice, which means you can take away some of the benefits, um, some of the wage and replace it with benefits. Again, getting complicated um, and I would suggest you talk with your accountant or if you're working with us, we'll do all of that as part of our service. And remember, finally, it's your responsibility as an employer to deduct the tax, the national insurance contribution from each employer's pay and then pay it. It is a liability that you, the government have assumed you will be paying to them. Um, and remember that, in fact, in the UK, not only must you collect their social security, sorry, their um, national insurance and their taxes, but you as an employer will also have to pay um, national insurance class one and then that can add up very quickly. So it's important that you know what's going on. There's also PAYE reporting through the payroll. As I mentioned, when you calculate each employee's pay for the month, your payroll software will work out how much income tax and national insurance must be deducted. And you must tell the, you must tell the government what you've been doing. And this is reported in a real time situation, um, uh, which is done through your software uh, and uh, it keeps you on track. If you don't file in real time, there is £100 a month penalty, which is often far more than the actual fee you would have paid the payroll company or your accountant to even do the process. So it makes sense. And finally, you must remember to make the payment to HMRC for the debt that you owe them. This needs to be completed by the 22nd of the following month, but it's best to do it sooner in most cases. And when we looked at the um, uh, profit and loss, because it actually relates to the month that you've paid them, it's worth paying it in the month. So here at Miles Better Accounting, uh, we always will be paying your payroll taxes on the last day of the month that they relate to so that they fall onto the accounting and remembering the phrase, uh, the terminology, sales in a period, less costs in a period to produce those sales. So it will be the payroll costs, all of the costs, both yours, uh, the national insurance, the tax, the wages, your national insurance, any benefits that have been accrued in that particular month. And finally, how should you run your payroll? Well, it's possibly, as I've mentioned several times, best to do it uh, through an outside resource um, and uh, that can help you make life so much easier. 
Um, if you have a very small number of staff and feel confident in managing it yourself, then you could use the software, as I've said, that perhaps uh, we would work with you on. But again, so many complications, it would be highly advantageous, in our opinion, for you to use outside resource. Whew. Wow, so what have we covered? We have covered an awful lot in this module um, of the moving from being a, a sole entrepreneur into becoming a um, employer. And as I say, your business is only as good as its people. So you can't run it all by yourself. You need the right staff to help you. And what more, you need to be able to keep them happy. Taking good care of your employees isn't just the law. It's essential if you want to build the best possible team um, to deliver your results. And we talked about staff motivation and why it's so important and that motivated staff are willing to go the extra mile for you um, and will help ensure that your business grows. And we touched on a little bit about the fact that staff appraisals are key um, and why it's so important uh, that it's a complex area of the business management, but it's worth taking time to get it right. And we finally closed out with what is a payroll, how you run a payroll and how you set that up. And the advice from that is very much to outsource it and get an expert to do it because you've got so much other things that you need to be getting on with. I hope you've enjoyed that module, uh, what I called Boss and Buddy. Um, it's the intro model to uh, oiling the machine. As I've said, we've moved away now from being very specific to the numbers. But as I've mentioned, numbers play a role in everything. Staff are by far your biggest cost. And so we need to know, are we getting value from them? Are they producing most productively? And are we enjoying, uh, are we, uh, um, or do we have the right structure for them? And it's in the next lesson, um, which is organizational structure, that we'll talk about some of the structure, we'll talk about some of the uh, regulations, and some of the pitfalls of actually that you need to be aware of as a new employer.